Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. The Bible says so very little about spiritual gifts, and a lot of times when the Bible doesn't say a lot, people fill in the blanks. And I'm going to be filling in some blanks, too, but I'm going to tell you when it's my opinion. And the little bit that that Scripture does speak about it, we will talk about today. Now, when I say we, I mean, of course, that I am joined by a woman who is herself a gift, a gift from God to me. Say hello to my occasional co-host, but my more than occasional wife, Dana Siegel. In fact, since she took a marriage vow, and that's on record, she is obligated, obligated, mind you, to continue being my wife every single day day. (laughs) Well, I will continue being your wife. However, I don't think I'm an infrequent co-host anymore. I think I'm getting to be more regular, but we'll try to figure this out. Well, we still have other co-hosts. We have Mark Booby and Greg. We do, but but, this has been the third week in a row. Yeah. And and I should tell everybody that Dana has has said that this is her last week for a while. (laughs) That's right. Right. Except that we're starting a whole new subject on spiritual gifts. I know I'm not going to get through all of it today. I'll just tell you right now, there's no way we're getting through a topic like this in one day. So I have told Dana that if she's too busy and doesn't want to join me on the show next week, the show that she and I began, I will finish myself (laughs) because after all, would our Lord do less? However, I know that Dana, who always says, see, I go through this with Dana all the time. I invite her to be on the show. Oh, I have no idea what to say. And then she says all kinds of things, and the only problem is when I talk too much and don't let her get a word in edgewise, but she has plenty to say. She'll have plenty to say today. You'll wish that she's on next week, but I'm not going to make her unless unless we should get a plethora of email. So if you think Dana should be on, we had a woman walk up to us at church today, and Skyline's a very big church, so we we meet people all the time. Sometimes we know them, sometimes we don't. This was a woman that I knew, uh, but I didn't know if she listened to the show, and she walked up to me right in front of Dana. This was after Dana had had our conversation today about how this is going to be her last time for a while, and she says, I'll bet when you married Dana, you never knew you were going to get a wife with such a great radio voice. (laughs) Well, actually, I did know that, because Dana's been here for years as Dana a right being my co-host but uh, so may- maybe this person started listening recently but i've known that for years all i hear that all the time dana what a great radio voice you oh, have thank you have you. a better radio yes. voice than i do no i have a I... good speaking voice but i've done a lot of public speaking i've had to really learn to modulate it for the radio you have a very good natural radio voice thank you well i'm i'm just talking so it's whatever god's given me and it was very nice of her to say that to me it was very nice of her and so i want her to be an inspiration so if you're out there and you want to hear dana on the show again next week what you want to do is send us some emails but don't send it to dana's email account (laughs) send it to mine for a couple of reasons one dana doesn't check her email that often I check mine Not all. I check one. mine all the time. <laughs> questions at Bob, and you know it. Questions at bobsegel.net. That's questions at bobsegel. S i e g e l dot net. You know the drill. Send it to me uh, because she doesn't check hers. But the other thing is, if for some reason I don't get a lot of them, I can pretend I did and just read them out loud to Dana anyway. So it's kind of a win-win. But yeah. I can't imagine that I'm not going to get a lot of emails saying well, we want Dana co-host. This is the Bob with Siegel all my smart show. Alec friends. We're going to go. We not only want Dana to be the co-host, we want her to be the host. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Well, my smart aleck friends will say that to me. Yeah, no. Dana, let's talk about spiritual gifts. We were going over this in Sunday school. 
in our class. And I know you had some good comments and good questions. So we'll see how good they are over the radio. But anyway, uh, what do we know about spiritual gifts? First of all, every Christian has a spiritual gift. Now, I don't have the time to read every scripture out loud, but I'll give you a few here. First uh, Peter 4.10, Romans 12.5-6. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. You can have more than one, but I believe you start with one. Think of it like uh, when you went to college. Some of you went to college. You had your major, you had your minors, you had your electives, you had the GE that you had to take. You probably enjoyed your major the most. You probably excelled the most. That is if you picked a major that, that you wanted to take and not one your parents were making you take because they wanted you to be a doctor or something. But, but uh, So everybody has at least one gift that you start with. Uh, and it could be a natural talent that you had before you became a Christian. But when you become born again, your gift kind of becomes born again with you. So whereas you might have been doing a certain talent for God, like, let's say, say somebody loves teaching history. When that person becomes saved, well, there's a gift called the gift of teaching. And that aptitude that you brought toward history, you'll get toward teaching great Bible studies to people. I will, we'll explain more about that, too. We, uh, we tend to mistake spiritual skill for spiritual gift, uh, but that's not quite the way it works, and that leads to the second point. So the first point was every Christian has a spiritual gift. Second, fulfillment and delight and joy comes from using your gift. Now, how do I say this? From the very word itself, the word gift in Greek is charisma. Now, when we think of charisma today, we think of somebody that speaks with a lot of charisma. Uh, but originally, charisma meant any kind of gift. And we've kind of, you know, words change their meanings over the years. So we've kind of narrowed it down to the person who's a good speaker. Being a good public speaker, that certainly has a lot to do with some of the spiritual gifts. But not everybody is a good public speaker. So God gave them other kinds of gifts. But the word charisma, according to the way it was used in the New Testament, meant extra enabling power. And part of the word charisma is the word car, which meant joy. So it's a power that you're going to enjoy using. But it's not just a gift. It's a spiritual gift. What did the word spiritual mean to those who were writing the New Testament? That which was led and energized by the Holy Spirit. So see how much we learn just from one. I told you the Bible had very little information about gifts, but the little that they had, we were going to really milk it. And just from the title, what is a spiritual gift? It's an extraordinary enabling power that's led and energized by the Holy Spirit, and you are going to feel joy using it. The third thing is that each gift is designed to perfect the body of Christ. Some of the key passages about spiritual gifts are found in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. Next, God wants you to know your gift. Now, that should be kind of an obvious no-brainer. Making the obvious obvious is what we do here. Why would I say God wants you to know your gift? Because he gave it to you. Obviously, if he gave it to you, he wanted you to use it. You can use it better if you know what it is. However, and this is very important, God doesn't wait for you to take a seminar on spiritual gifts or listen to some dude talking about spiritual gifts on the radio to start using you. Some of you who've been Christians for years have been using your gift for years. But you just maybe didn't realize what it was called. And then finally, the significance of knowing your gift is that, uh, well, first of all, it's a clue to God's plan for your life. For example, the gift that I got, uh, well, it's called the gift of prophecy, but don't misunderstand me that that doesn't, you don't have to be somebody that gets visions and dreams and hears God's voice. Uh, a prophet was one who proclaimed truth. One type of prophet, and there are different kinds of prophet, is evangelism. I was kind of a prophetic evangelist. And so since God gave me the gift of evangelism, I knew that doing a lot of evangelism had a lot to do with what he wanted me to do for my life. All Christians are supposed to share their faith to some degree, but not everybody's meant to go out every day and, and do evangelism. So it was a good clue to God's plan for my life. Your gift, whatever it is, will be a clue to God's plan for your life. Also, so though, the cultivation and the nourishment of the gift is your responsibility. 
So that's a key to knowing God's gift. And finally, the inspiration strengthens your relationship with God. I mean, a lot of times people are always thinking, does God really love me? Does God forgive me? And we know theologically that he does. We know that the Bible says he does. But what we memorize in our minds and what clicks in our heart are often two different things. So often people think God is upset with them or angry with them. My earthly father had a a temper. So it's often that I'll think my heavenly father has a temper, but he doesn't. God will get angry in a righteous way at times, but he's much more patient with me than my earthly father was. I have to keep that in mind sometimes. But you're sitting there and you're praying to God, and all of a sudden you remember that this is a really cool gift that God gave you. He gives us all kinds of provisions, but he gave you this special power to use. So obviously, just knowing that, the fantasticness of that, the excitement of that, is going to strengthen your relationship with God. So how do you discover your gift? Well, there's three keys to discovering it. The first is desire, since the word gift has the word desire embedded in it. What gifts would you like to have? Now, that might sound like something that's too good to be true, but as we go through these gifts, and we're going to go through the the seven root motivational gifts that are listed in Romans chapter 12, very possible that we'll just barely get to it this week. But I will be back next week, hopefully with Dana. Probably with Dana. If Dana has any kind of conscience and likes to sleep well at oh, night. Oh, Undoubtedly yikes. with Dana. But with or without Dana, I at least will promise to come on and finish okay. well, it. Well, stay but on we, track here. But when we, go, when we go through the gifts, see if I keep us off track, we'll have, yeah, to finish, no, no, no. we'll have to finish it with Dana next. Back on topic. As I talk about the different gifts, you're going to listen to some of them. You're going to go, oh, that doesn't interest me. And then you're going to listen to one. You're going to go, oh, I wish I had that one. And you're probably going to think, oh, I probably don't have that one. If you could go wind shopping. If you could go to Macy's or Birdine's, as they used to call it in Florida, if you, and you could look through the window and you saw the seven gifts, which one would you look at and go, I wish that was mine? Okay, here's the really good news, ladies and gentlemen. The one that you wish you had is probably the one you had. Now, that doesn't mean you necessarily turned it into a skill because, again, the gift is the desire, the drive, the motive to want to do something. So that's the first question, desire. But the second one is effectiveness. What gifts have operated in your natural ministry, maybe without conscious verification? What kinds of things have you just found yourself doing? Maybe you didn't call it a spiritual gift. Maybe you didn't give it a title. Third, though, others will look at you much more objectively than you look at yourself. Confirmation of the body, meaning the body of Christ, which is kind of a nickname that the New Testament gives for the church. Church doesn't mean a building. It means the assembly of believers. What gifts do your brothers and sisters see in you? So what's the basis for determining these qualities? of gifts. Well, as I mentioned, there's very little information given in Scripture, but we use what we have. The original meaning of a gift title in the Greek language or the Hebrew language, if it's something from the Old Testament, is a clue. The personalities of God's servants in Scripture will give great clues since we assume that they were operating by some type of gift that they served God. Uh, And then observation. So I, I can't be dogmatic here. I guarantee you, those of you that are in evangelical churches, If you've ever taken a spiritual gifts class twice by two different churches or two different people, they were taught differently. And one of the reasons is, again, there's so little information in Scripture, a lot of opinion gets in. Now, some people admit the opinion, like I am. I'm admitting that I'm putting an opinion. Other times, people just think that their insights are so great, it must have come from God, and they put words in God's mouth. But I do think that one of the reasons we see little information in the Scripture is this was something, since it is a spiritual gift, I believe it's something that the Holy Spirit has taught the church over the years. You see, the Bible's not a handbook for everything in life. The Bible's a perimeter. The Bible gives us the boundaries. God is what the Bible's talking about. We're not supposed to have a love affair with our Bible rather than a love affair with God. The Bible is the map. God is the destination. 
The Bible is the menu. God is the food on the menu, if I could use that metaphor. But you don't eat the menu. You eat the food. So... The way people learn about gifts is they start using their gifts, and it is something they learn from the Holy Spirit. So what I did is I went through about 10 different books or teachings or seminars that I had taken or read about spiritual gifts. They all disagreed with each other in places, but they all agreed with each other in places. I looked at the places where they overlapped, where there was kind of a grid, and I assumed that if they were overlapping, that might have been, I guess I shouldn't say assume, but I guessed I made an educated guess that in the places they're overlapping, that might have been something the Holy Spirit had taught the church over the years. So that's what I'm basing that on. Obviously, I'm, I'm throwing in some of my own opinion. So this is not something I would teach dogmatically. When I come on the air and I say Jesus is the way of salvation, the Bible says that. When I say heaven and hell really exist, the Bible says that. When I authenticate that Jesus was a real person, there's a lot of things I tell you that you can take it to the bank. Uh, you might not believe me, but I'd be willing to verify it with you if you gave me that time. Here, I'm inserting some opinion, and uh, we're barely getting started, partly because it's such a fascinating topic that to do it justice, you need a lot of introductory notes, and partly because I'm very tangential. That's and it. I, was, I think he's trying to stretch She looks at me, out. she says, you're not even trying. Well, I don't like to rush things on the radio. Okay, so back to spiritual gifts right now. Let's see what you, you can see do. What I need. Okay, how do you know what your spiritual gift is? We're going to start very broadly, and then we'll narrow it down next week with Dana. Faster. Hopefully. All right. <laughs> Faster. Okay, let's start here. We'll start with type A, type B. And no, I don't, I don't mean blood types. I mean your maybe your spiritual blood type. Every Christian is called to one of these ministries, and there are two very basic types of ministries that all gifts fall under. A, ministry to the world. B, ministry to the church. What do we mean by ministry to the world? Ministry to the world for the purpose of bringing people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But I've told you many times on this show that there's two sides of the gospel, and the gospel is not just about teaching people they can be forgiven of the sin they commit. The gospel is also about delivering people from sin committed against them. For example, those that want to go out and feed the poor, or doctors who like to go out and be missionary doctors. Uh, they'll go out and, and they want to physically help people and demonstrate the love of Christ that way. And that's the other side of the gospel. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be Billy Graham if you want to do ministry to the world. Anybody that likes going out to, to people out in the world and helping them. Now, I mentioned the church is not the building. What is the church? It's a community of Christians, people who've given their lives to Christ. But some, So some people are less interested in ministry to the world, and they're much more interested in stimulating the growth and maturity in Christians. Now, both of those are of equal importance in the Bible. Obviously, we would all like to see both happen. But which of the two ministries is your greater burden? Let me put it another way. If you could be used effectively in one of these two ministries, maybe you want to be used effectively in both, but if you had to choose, if you could be used effectively in one of these two ministries, which would give you more satisfaction? In other words, which would you rather hear? Would you rather hear somebody say, as I watch what the Lord is doing in your life, I'm uplifted and encouraged to become a better Christian, which would be the type B ministry of the church kind of thing? Or would you rather hear somebody say, there's something unusually different about your life. You have inspired me to check into Christianity, which would be the type A ministry of the world. Well, Dana, which of those two would you rather hear? Well, it's funny because uh, I would definitely rather hear the ministry to the church that I would be able to be there to uplift and encourage Christians. And not that I don't feel for the world. And I have gone on mission trips, but when I was in college, I actually prayed to God very specifically that if he really, really wanted me to go overseas and be a missionary, I would. But 
boy, I'd really appreciate it if he didn't call me to do that. And I don't know why that was. I was, you know, I, I wanted to do whatever he wanted, but I just thought living overseas. And it's funny because in college, I lived in Costa Rica and in Jalisco, Mexico, near Guadalajara, to study Spanish, and I'm very comfortable in foreign countries. I've traveled a lot, but I did not want to go serve in those countries. I wanted to stay at home and be a teacher. And so I was praying all through college, you know, if you really want me to go abroad, I will, Lord. But boy, it'd be great if I didn't have to. And it was funny because I got called to my teaching job from a district that I did not even apply to. Uh, I hadn't heard from the other districts. It wasn't school time yet. In the middle of summer, the district that I've worked now for 33 years called me. I hadn't even applied. They called the universities and asked who just graduated with bilingual credentials. And so they called me and I got a job with that district and I've been with them ever since. So God clearly said, you're right. It's not the mission field out in the world. I have a mission field for you here in the public school system. And she's, she's a fabulous teacher and principal. She's right where God wants her to be. But it is kind of interesting, and I'm glad you mentioned that, because a lot of times we we tend to glorify, quote-unquote, full-time ministry. Now, the Bible calls all of us into ministry. In fact, the word minister in the New Testament is used of everybody. It's used of all Christians. But we we kind of think of uh, the professional ministry, like your pastor, who Mm -hmm. maybe that's his, his job and his ministry are one and the same thing. Your job and ministry are one and the same thing, too, but you're not employed by the church. You're employed in the, in the public school system. Right. And boy, being a teacher these days in the public school system, being a Christian teacher, that's there's quite a lot of navigation that, that you do there. But we, we're, we're so used to hearing people tell a story about how they got called to the mission field. Only on our program would somebody share their story about how God gave them permission to not go to the mission field. But you're right. Yeah, well, but I, that's I can not tell for everybody. you. Not everybody's every, called to be a foreign missionary. No. And every single day that I am working with children and adults and parents, it uh, there is a ministry there for sure. And just loving people oh, and course. caring for them and solving their problems. And so I, I love that. But what's really interesting is that for a, much of my adult life, I kept thinking there's something more I'm thinking God wants me to do because God actually showed me when I was uh, in college that he was tapping me and said, I want you to be speaking and helping on the platform. And I did not know what that meant then. But as the years went by, many, many years went by, and I thought I misunderstood that. I misunderstood that that touch that God was saying to me, you're going to be up there someday. And it wasn't until I was in my 50s that God then revealed the ministry that he has for me to do now. And it's the ministry. This is the the ministry of helping women heal from a past of abortion. And when you say, you know, what is it you want to do? That is the thing that if I could do that 24 seven, that's what I'd want to do. It's not work for me. It's easy for me. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.